recorded. Filmed in front of a live studio audience. This episode presented by Carolina Sports Studio. Welcome to yet another iteration of Behind the Beard WNC, a podcast that I had no idea would go on this long, but involves four friends that get together and banter back and forth about various topics. And as of late, at least for the past three months, it's been nothing but high school football, but it could go off the rails at any time, go in any direction, any sport. But for now, we're going to keep it parked firmly with uh, high school football, I think, right now. Uh, the intent of the podcast, in case you haven't figured this out, is mostly our entertainment. And if you're not entertained, well, there's other podcasts out there. I will, I will say we are starting to roll into basketball. If uh, you guys didn't go listen to Coach Stevens and Coach Whitaker last week, go check it out. Yeah, they're good people. But now before we get into that, I, I feel like somber music needs to be played because it's the end of the regular football season. I'm not really sure how, how to function at this point in my life. We're getting into the playoffs, which is exciting, but at the same time, the buildup and everything we did coming into this season and then all these teams and what they did, it's all, it, for the most part, it's, that's done. We're into the next season. It's that feeling like most women have had with you, Pat. Just total letdown at the end. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't know that I can deny that. Pat has experienced his last regular season football with his son. That's your, true. Your regular season's over. Yeah, it is over. Brendan, Brendan's a senior. Do we have any update? Um, is there, are we thinking that he might be able to play this week? He is cleared to practice today. Awesome. And he was sore over the weekend. Apparently he was doing uh, raises and physical therapy Friday and the joint popped out again, uh, which apparently hurts quite a bit. So He's uh, obviously been working on on it this weekend and was still cleared to practice. He's I'm eager to hear what happened today myself. He's yeah. obviously got a brace. Oh yeah, he's, brace on. He's yeah. got JJ wadded up, yeah. so he's he's rolling with the brace. But uh, hopefully he'll be back. Then the other thing too, you got to think of, and I told him this: the bigger picture is, you know, if if you could get through, you know, and and not necessarily have to be there until you have to be there. That's, that's not a bad thing. This so. week, he could probably miss. Next week, they probably need him. Yeah, they definitely need him next week. I'm not quite – I don't know. I, I know they had that spread of the North Gaston game, but I, I will say this. North Gaston is in the conference with Crest and Kings Mountain. Uh, you know, I don't certainly know that you can overlook anybody in that conference. No, I, I, I agree with that. And anything can happen in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. yeah. I do have to give a shout-out to Carson Jones. Why? What did he do? He was here first today. He beat Lewis. Oh, man. I was not expecting that. I this. wasn't either. Thank you, Mike. Lewis always first here, me second to my own house. And Carson <laughs> Carson beat us both. Wow. Wow. Lewis, I mean, Pat, I think Pat almost got Lewis today. <laughs> it was close. But he still lost. He still lost. <laughs> yes. But. Much much like his picks last week. <laughs> hey, that's not true. I yeah. rocked. He was, yeah. <laughs> Pat took the lead. Or, Carson I, and Pat just flip flop first. I mean, every week they're yeah. just like, I'll be in first. No, you be in first. No, you be in first. Yeah. yeah. So after the regular season, Pat and Carson are tied for first place. That's right. Wow. That's because God loves us and not you two. That's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. 
Just a hack in college. Played, you know, a little college ball and enjoyed myself. <laughs> yeah. I did, yes. Oh. I have quite a bit of experience That's playing awesome. football. That's awesome. Well, since Pat or somebody mentioned it, Carson mentioned it, we'll go ahead and get into it. Pat, eight and two this week. He he was the best. He's now fifty six and thirty nine. Let's, let's cut job. that clip. Could we just get that He's back? The best. Pat is the best. I got you. Can we have that? That'd be great. I'd like <laughs> that replayed every podcast. Carson, second, seven and three. He's fifty six and thirty nine as well. They're tied for first. I also had a good week, seven and three. I'm fifty two and forty three. I'm in third. Lewis. Well, Lewis went five and five, fifty-one and forty-four now. Indeed, mediocre. That just describes. That just describes. <laughs> <sighs> Lewis is an educated man. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis is getting too good with our soundboard. Oh man! Oh man! <sighs> so exciting stuff this week. There were some. There were some. There was a couple good games this week, but. I don't know about y'all, but I am looking forward to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. This is exciting times. This is what you work all year. I mean. It's do or die. Yep, do or die. There's no there's no next week without without the win this Friday night. A bad game or a, a miss, um, a bad snap or a fumble, or and you're going home. You're not yep. playing next week. Absolutely. I mean, it's tough. Well, let's, let's uh, you normally have the soapbox here, and we, we got a little something. Um, listen, we can be tough on coaches. We can be tough on uh, as parents, as fans, uh, as the media. We can be tough on coaches, and maybe we uh, were a little too tough last week. Uh, Carson, you got a little something you want to share here? Yeah, you know, um, last week I um, specifically called out Coach Gibson at Owen. Um, I called him a quitter, uh, said he'd quit on the boys. Obviously, um, he proved me wrong this week. Um, I would just like to apologize um, to Coach and Owen um, just, just based off of, you know, that was, um, I'm learning, you know, we're sitting here, this is, you know, I've said before, I'm not a professional podcaster. I'm, I'm not a professional speaker, but okay. I am a football guru. But, now. um, but no, we, uh, I'd like to apologize to coach Gibson for saying that he quit on the team, um, quit on his boys and whatnot. Um, he's put on a lot of time, um, you know, as a coach and stuff like that. Um, these coaches are out there, you know, they're, they're doing their very best with what they've got. Um, so I'll just like to say that I'm, I'm going to, you know, learn from this. And uh, this is the mini little soapbox um, that I've got today. So Carson, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I know, uh, you know, we all make mistakes. Like when I said Cutler uh, Adams was 5'10 and 150 pounds. So we've all made a mistake or two on here and we're learning as we go. Uh Let's get into week eleven. Uh, we're going to go through these a little bit quick. We're going to spend a little more. Pat, we want to spend a little more time on the playoff games. So we're going to go through a couple of these games real quick here. Um, Inca was at Asheville this week. Uh, Asheville pulls off the win, 40, 46 to nine. Um, the spread was thirty eight and a half. So Inca Asheville did not cover for the first time in a couple weeks. Yeah, some several several weeks. Yeah, they've been on. What they, happened out there, Carson? I mean, look, that's your boys. <laughs> that is my boys. I got a message after the game on Friday that um, they were trying to get some kids in there. Um, one of the kids they put in at corner. Uh, it's not got much action, and uh, Inca immediately passed it in his direction. And uh, so I'm gonna not blame it on Asheville here. I mean, for Inca to go directly and pass in that situation, I'm I'm gonna go after Inca here. I mean, that's just. 
Um, you telling me these coaches don't see the spreads. I mean, they're, but, but like I said, I'll, I'll give credit to them. We've said it all year and I'll say it again today. Good teams win, great teams cover. And so right. last Friday night, as painful as me to say, Inca was a great team. We, we all got that one wrong. So yeah. North Buncombe traveled out to Irwin. This was Irwin picking up the win 51, 15. We all got this one, right? Irwin was giving up 25 and a half, not close. Uh, talked to a North Buncombe coach today. He said close first half. Uh, just like the whole all, all second half of the year, they're not able to to come through in the second half. Inca and North Buncombe, they are done for the year. Football season is over for those guys. So two and eight, Franklin traveled out to Arden to take on TC. Uh, score TC forty nine, Franklin three. TC was given up thirty eight and a half, and they did cover here. Carson, Pat, and Mike got this one correct. Four and six, Smoky Mountain was at. 0-10 East Henderson. We all, this is the first time all year, guys, we all picked East Henderson to cover. Uh, East Henderson getting 44 and a half, and they did, in fact, cover for us. So East Henderson picking up the uh, the cover, Smokey getting the win. Um, so the last one we're going to go through real quick here, 8-2 and two of Hickory Grove came up to Asheville to take on Asheville School. Asheville School giving up 14 and a half, and they blew them away. Uh, Carson, what was the score on this one? Um, this score was 55 to 12. So Ash, this guys, this is the third, the second or third best team in the Division Two with Asheville School. Asheville School clearly going to run the table in the playoffs. So. Yeah, they got to feel yeah. good about their they, chances. Definitely. Yep. So that th- those were the, the the quick ones we're going to go over. Uh, got a couple other games to talk about here. Uh, Christ School traveled up to Metrolina. They needed to get this win here to get a home playoff game. Uh, they did get the win. And covered the twelve and a half points they were giving up. Hey, how, how did you keep track of the game, Mike? You show you show you sent me a picture of the game. Oh yeah, so the great the the great design team at Metro Lina planted a tree right in front of the scoreboard. <laughs> From the visitor side, you cannot see the scoreboard without walking all the way down the steps to the bottom of the bleachers to to look at the scoreboard. And that's the time. The time. The you, score, I, mean, I'm, I, anything. I would assume that you knew what the score was throughout right. the game, but sure. the. But the situation's probably the become yeah. the time. You probably want to know what the time is. You, like. don't, you don't realize how much you look at the scoreboard till you can't see it. Yes. So, you know, we, we walked down the steps a few times. Finally, I just pulled up the live stream. It's a play behind, but at least I knew what the score was, you know? I mean, what the time was, at least within a play. So, anyway, uh, Christ School does pick up the win. Uh, Mason Holtzclaw had a good game for the, for the Greenies. He was 14 of 26 for 155 and a touchdown. He also had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Caden Brown, again, rushed for 108 yards and a touchdown. Calvin Williams had four receptions for 68 yards. Khalil Conley had a pick six in the, in the first half, in the first quarter. And Jacob Awandek led the uh, Greenies with five tackles. Uh, great game for the Greenies here. First game all year, we've been able to get some backups with the backups in, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it seems like high schools kind of, you know, these last few weeks have been playing much better, kind of hitting their strides at the right time. Does that seem right, Mike? So it does feel that way. Uh, we, we've got through our tough part of the schedule. Yeah, I was going to say they're not playing Alabama anymore. <laughs> but, Correct. I mean, coming up in playoffs. Yeah. We so we'll talk about the playoffs a little bit later, but yeah, uh, it it gets tough again real fast. Yep. But uh, the Greenies do pick up the win. Uh, good game. Uh, great. Great. Great all the way around game, offense and defense. So the next game I want to talk, we want to talk about. Uh, by the way, Carson, Pat, and Mike got that one right. Um, Madison at Owen, L. Lewis. Hey, Owen picks up the win, thirty-five twenty-one. Uh, Owen 
finished two and eight, one and five in the conference. So Madison does still get the playoff berth on their two wins in conference. Um, at halftime, this game fourteen to thirteen, Madison and Owen outscores Madison twenty-two to seven in the second half. Yeah, heck of a second half. Uh, it was a good game plan coming in. Uh, the senior, it was senior night. A uh, great way to see those guys, you know, leave. Uh, Coach Gibson picks up his, his first win at home during this game. Uh, it was it was just a great night. Uh, uh, early on in the night, many people in the stands talking about like, "Hey, we're going to win this game." So, uh, and it happened. It, it was it was a great game. Uh, like I said, those seniors, great way for them to go out. Uh, one particular, Alex Green, he had a, a couple pancakes in one play. He played awesome the whole night. Uh, Jacob Knighton getting over 2,000 yards. Of course, Will Johnson, our offense and defensive powerhouse, he's gone this year. Uh, a few other players. But, I mean, great way to send those guys off. Absolutely. It's Good, great to yeah, see Owen yeah. get the win. Good for Owen. Yeah. Way to go. That is That's awesome. awesome. So then the, th- the third game we're going to talk about, Pisgah, 8-2 and two now. North Hen- They were at North Henderson, 7-3. and three. Um this looked like the game of the night when we were going back and forth updating. I mean, Absolutely. It was pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. North Henderson got 10 and a half, and Pisgah ended up winning 55 to 41. Carson Pat Lewis got this one right. I thought I had it right all night long. I thought I had the win. It was going back and forth and back and forth. I mean, it, it was crazy. It, halftime, the score was 34 to 34. Well, almost wish like you had a Sunday ticket for high school football so you could go back and watch this. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Yeah. We, Chris St. Ange and I were in the booth at, at Reynolds calling that game, and you all were texting over the, the score updates and whatnot for the various ones. And <laughs> Chris and I were just looking, waiting for updates on the text on that game because that was by far one of the most and exciting games. I don't games have their scores in front of me, but if you would have told me that Pisgah scored 55 <laughs> points, like I, I, you know, I know I've. I picked them covering, but it was not based off of them scoring 55 points. No, no. I, I think I, I was surprised both teams scored that many points. Yeah. Because Pisgah can be a slow offense where they're kind of dragging it out against Tuscola. I mean, they had two possessions in the second half. Yep. Right. Um, so to see them put up that many points. The only time they scored that many is against, uh, you know, your guys out at Inca, 56 to 3. Uh, that's right. tough. That's right. <laughs> that's tough. We do have a couple stats. I want to thank uh, Eric Long from the Mountaineer. He put some stats up on this game. Uh, neither one of these teams uses Max Preps for stats. That's where we primarily get our stats. So I want to thank Eric for putting those out. I know he's a follower of Behind the Beard, and I appreciate him doing that. Thanks, Eric. So for Pisgah, Aaron Clark, the quarterback, listen to this, guys. He was 29 of 31. Nice. That's two incompletions, Pat. That's Yeah, I can do math, even though I was told there would not be any math. <laughs> 273 yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for 96 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Reynolds, Pat's favorite uh, Pisgah player, had 109 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Wow. And wide receiver Kenyon Moore had six catches for 76 yards and a TD, and on defense he got an interception. So he had more touchdowns than he did in completions. <laughs> that. That's true. This looks to be the case. That's the case. <laughs> it looks to be the case. And for North Henderson, the only style we had, running back uh, Zion McDaniel, had 252 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Wow. Wow. I mean, those are some big offensive games. I have a couple other stats to share with you. The two teams, um, I'm sorry, Pisgah had 507 total yards, while North Henderson had 401 total yards. Wow. More math for you, Pat. That's a total of 908 yards in one game. That's a long way. I mean, that's a lot. That's that's almost that's nine football fields, Carson. 
That's if you don't yeah. have the end zone. Yeah, that's a long way. I mean, the only thing that makes this more scary is like if you have to face the same person next week for the playoffs. Wouldn't that be bad? Yeah. Mm, wow. Wow. Yeah. So that that was an exciting game, man. That would have been one to be at for sure. So then the last game we're going to talk about, as you can all probably guess, the two and eight McDowell Titans headed up the mountain to take on Reynolds on senior night. Reynolds wins the game 58-14, but not able to cover the 44-point spread. Mike and Lewis get this one right. Uh, Danny Brown for McDowell, um, he was 2 of 8 passing for 37 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Tough night. Yeah, running back 20, 11 carries for 44 yards, and Hayden Hayes led the way for McDowell on defense with six tackles. No Hunter Pittman in this game for McDowell, according to the stats. I don't know what's going on there. I for Reynolds, Hayden Craig had a perfect night, 7 of 7 for 202 yards and three touchdowns. Ty Patterson ran the ball seven times for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Wesley Rumbaugh caught three passes for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Edwin Santiago and Daniel Anna, Ar- Arugula, I yeah. think is how you say it. Yeah. Argula, I can never pronounce it either. They both had four tackles. Sorry, Daniel. And Zion Akeem had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. One for a touchdown. Yeah. So, you know, I know we thank them at the beginning and end, but um, this is a good time. Really, any Rocket fan, you really need to go um, go check out Carolina Sports Studios on their Instagram. They they posted some highlights from this game, and um, they're, they're, they've got a filmer down on the sideline, and they get some very good footage of some of some plays and stuff. I know the pick six was an unbelievable catch. Um, so it's just one of those things. It's another way to highlight our high school athletes. I know looking at Zion Akeem, he looks fantastic as a freshman. Oh, as a freshman, yeah. He's a he's an amazing athlete. But look at every other Akeem that's come along out of that family. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, it's it's I mean, they're they're ridiculously good athletes, all of them. So it's uh it's actually no surprise to see how well he did. Um this game was um over uh pretty pretty quickly. Is that like first quarter. Yeah, the the first play from scrimmage was an offensive play by Reynolds that went for a touchdown and and that was a that, that was about it. That was the big there. run. Yeah, it was over. In fact, what I'd say is um, they clicked on on all cylinders, passing, running. You know, they really executed well. Defense was very solid. Where where it was interesting was there were, gosh, I don't know, probably six, maybe seven uh, blindside or crackback blocks called in the in the game. Now, granted, I think there probably were a couple of legitimate crackback blocks from what I saw up in the booth. That were probably you know deserving, but a lot of them were just no, not even close. It seems that sometimes the referees take it in their hands to keep it a little closer. That was what Chris's argument was, and Chris he was very good about saying that um, it's almost like they had uh, flags in some cases on you know to try, they need to be you know be able to play a little football. So there was some frustration with that. Ultimately, as well the. Um, uh, offsides penalties, so the false start penalties on offense, uh, that's going to need to get cleaned up for sure before they get into playoffs. Because I think, and it, it, you know, it didn't hurt them necessarily in this game because I think they were first and goal from the eight, and it wound up after all the various penalties being either first and second, and, first or second and goal. I can't remember which down it was, but it was like from the forty-seven yard line. So they'd gone that far back, and then they wound up scoring a touchdown anyway. But uh, wow. the, the statistician for Reynolds, who sits right in front of Chris and I, said um, there were five touchdowns called back for penalties. So if they hadn't, I mean, the score could have been out of hand on that. So 
it was already out of hand. Yeah. Yep. So it was, it was uh, it, obviously a great win for Reynolds. I would say the senior night stuff was really cool too. You know, getting to walk out on the field with, with Brendan and him getting to do his thing. It was also sad too because you know he got all his gear on, yep. you know his pads. Oh, and he went yeah. through all the warm ups and his helmet and everything, and then. We all got to walk out on the field, and they read his little bio and stuff from him. And then when all that was over, and they sent off the field, Brendan had to trot into the locker room and take all his gear off and oh. put his stuff. He had to, I couldn't couldn't get out and play. This so. doesn't take anything away from him, but did you get a louder ovation than Brendan? Or, <laughs> no, no, you didn't. He got okay. the ovation. Okay. okay. Do you mind to tell no. us the uh, Charlie story real quick? About which one? Oh About- yeah. Yeah. yeah, Charlie wore one of our T-shirts out on the on the field for uh, the senior night, which That's I thought awesome. was hilarious. It was mm-hmm. awesome. So thanks, thanks for Charlie. Thank for you, Charlie. That. that was awesome. Shout out. So and then they gave us a fat head picture of Brendan when we came off the field. All the seniors got a fat head, and my daughter proceeded to have quite a good time taking pictures with that all over the place. And <laughs> so for Brendan, uh, it was just regular, regular size. His regular size, but head, everybody yeah. else's, it was real big. <laughs> That's okay. true. Yeah, right. That's how that worked. <laughs> The Rockets so, uh, rolling headed into playoffs here. Yeah, they really uh, are rolling. Like I, you know, I pretty much predicted with one <laughs> one blemish. Um, they went undefeated through conference play, and they're poised pretty well. Uh, they're the seven seed going into the playoffs, but we're not getting into the playoff conversation just yet. Is that right? Well, I mean, projected round two, Kings Mountain. Are you worried at all? I'm worried about North Gaston first. That's right. You got to be. You five have. You absolutely have to be. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. I can speak on personal experience. You cannot overlook the no, first round. No, you cannot. So let's talk real quick about the player of the week. Uh, Carson, what you got down there? You know, Mike highlighted him very well, but um, Aaron Clark from Pisgah, uh, 29 of 31, 273 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Mike mentioned he had 90 um, 90 plus rushing yards and another touchdown as well. Um, when you have more touchdowns than incompletions, in a game that obviously they needed um, him to step up and do something that, you know, besides their Inca game, it's not something that uh, Pisgah has done often. Um, very, very, very good night um, from Aaron Clark and the Pisgah quarterback. So shout out to Aaron for our, is it week 11? Week 11. Week yeah. 11. That's that's crazy to say. Um, week 11 behind the beer player of the week. And we'll be looking uh, – we're going to go through the end of the playoffs here, and I'm telling these guys this for the first time. We're going to have our player of the year that we're going to vote on. So we'll have a behind-the-beard player of the year as well. Nice. Um, so just glad I let you guys know, aren't no, you? No, that's fantastic that you've clued us in on that. I, I'd like to vote for Lewis Anderson as player uh, yeah, of the year. Definitely. Indeed. Motivator. <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to include Motivator. <laughs> many teams. Oh. Uh, I know a lot – I know a lot of – I know a lot of uh, – a lot of player of the year only include regular season, but I think it's important to include the playoffs. That's the most important time of the year. Yeah. So that's what we got. Um, the final conference standings, let's talk about those real quick. Uh, like we mentioned last week in the MAC, Reynolds, the 3A champion, as well as the overall champion. They were 6 and 0. TC, the 4A champion, at 5 and 1. Asheville, 4 and 2. Erdogan, 3 and 3. All those guys made the playoffs. McDowell, 2 and 4. Inca, 1 and 5. North Buncombe, 0 oh and 6. Uh, North Buncombe, 3 and 0 oh to start the year. Fin- finishes 0 uh, oh and 6 in conference. That's bad. Uh, Mountain, 7. There was a three way, there was a four way tie for second going into last week. And uh, West Henderson, of course, pulled away. They, they were 6 and 0. Oh. Pisgah with their big win over North. They went to 4 and 2. Smoky Mountain three and three, Tuscola three and three, North Henderson three and three, 
Uh, all those guys made the playoffs. Franklin two and four, East Henderson zero oh and six. So that's our la- that's the final conference standings, Pat. Yes, and those poor folks that didn't get to make the uh, playoffs, their seniors. Uh, that's so, that's so it's it. A sad Unfortunately, night. it is sad. So yeah. I feel for them and and uh, yeah, it's tough. I know we've been talking about. Angel and I've been talking about Luke's a junior about you know we have maybe ten eleven more games of football left. And uh, that's tough to think about. I know for Pat, it's a reality. No, oh, yeah. So. Carson probably this kid hasn't even started playing football yet. Are you no. are you starting to get sad about it already? I really, I really am. But you know, uh, one one thing someone told me a while ago because I was I was more upset when my playing career ended for my dad than for me because if you could have seen the look on his eyes, it was just um, it's just something that my dad was always my number one fan, but. Someone told me I was it was eating at me, and I was just like, man. And I played till I was I was the old guy in college. I was twenty two years old, and they said, you know, you as a father, you just you figure out other ways to be proud of them. And it's just instead of a game, it's Brendan's gonna Brendan's gonna graduate. He's gonna get a career. He's gonna have a he's gonna start a family. He's gonna have promotions. He's gonna have all these different things that um, that your dad can be proud of you at. So I got that good advice. Um, from Steve Rector, a uh, local legend in Weaverville. And so that was just something that kept me going. So uh, I just want to talk something real quick about, I I labeled this topic, who should make the playoffs? Guys, there's a lot of 40-point spreads. There's some 2-8, and and 3-6. I mean, there's some teams that uh, are not real good in the playoffs. Do you think there should be any kind of minimum win-loss or anything like that to to put teams in the – Put teams in playoffs. So this this goes back to the NFL, where you know pr- predominantly NFL South, there's a team making it in below 500. I think if you're not above 500, you shouldn't go. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that's true too. I'm I'm not quite sure I have a solution for it, but you know you you one thing I learned that from I think mostly from you guys, um, like if you do like what uh, Asheville did this year, what Reynolds does every year. Christ school's been doing and you stack the deck really big in the beginning of the season. There's no credit for doing that compared to setting up powder puffs and having the exact same four game schedule. Well, the, like, the first thing is still about conference wins. So the RPI, which seeds everybody other than the, the conference champions all get the top seat, the top nine seeds. So everybody else is in by RPI. So you're right. If you go play a tough schedule and uh, you lose some, but someone else goes and plays lower ranked, so a four A Dudley goes play. I'm not who's four A Richmond County goes plays four one A teams who are really good at one A. Right, they win all their games. Well, they're going to have the toughest. They're going to have the highest RPI because the teams they played and beat won all their games. Right in the one A. So you get no credit for beating. Shelby, or you get no credit for beating the Forsyth team, or but your payout for those games are wins and playoffs, right? So there's a balancing act, yeah. Right there, there's absolutely a balancing act, and I used to think that, um, I used to think that there's absolutely it accounts 100 for strength of schedule, and this year has kind of opened my eyes um, more so than ever before. So you've got Reynolds at they ended up with the seven seed, right? Yes, that's so correct. the seven seed, and I think we can all agree that Reynolds' strength of schedule is significantly harder than West Henderson's, right? Yeah. So West Henderson, I mean, I haven't looked at seeing what the spread would be, but I would have to, I would have to think that Reynolds 
would probably be favorites in that game. And you've got Wes Henderson as the two seed in the overall. And so it this year, I mean, it's one of those Coach Laws definitely thinks that, you know, preparing them will definitely will, you know, will help help them as they make their deep runs um in the playoffs. But initially the easier schedule has helped Wes Henderson have a easier path for right now. That's true. And one example that really sticks out to me, and I'm sure there's a lot of them statewide. If you look at Pisgah, they have a higher RPI than Reynolds. Now, we've all seen Pisgah play this year. We've all seen Reynolds play. I think Reynolds beats Pisgah by three touchdowns minimum. Um, but since Pisgah played some really good teams out west that that are smaller schools that win their games, they have the higher RPI, where Reynolds, you know, they play some tougher teams. They picked up a couple losses. So Agreed. Yeah. Anyway... I don't know. I just want to talk a minute. I don't know. We got on RPI, but really, there's. I don't know a solution. Yeah, that's what passed it. I mean, it's very tough because you know you've got. You can say North Gaston. I mean, they're playing Kings Mountain and Crest, and, Crest, and it's like well, you put North Gaston in West's conference. It's like, what are they going to do in Weston's conference? I mean, what are they going to do in the Reynolds conference? So, so, so the calculation for RPI still hasn't changed, right? It's your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, and your, and your opponent. opponent's opponent's winning percentage. Okay. No strength of schedule help there. Yeah. I talked to a friend of the show, Derek Green. You guys are all familiar with him. I sent him the spreads. We were talking about the games. He said only two games with single-digit spreads in the first round. Pretty evident the playoffs could be shrunken. No need for bad teams to be in the playoffs. Well, I, I think the sh- – the sh- I, I do not think you should shrink the, the playoffs because it's huge generation of money for these schools. Yes. So four, yeah, it won't be shrunk. But four, four texts later, they will never shrink the playoffs, though. Too much money to right. be made. Right. Yeah, so I mean, Derek knows that. It's, <laughs> yeah, so my, yeah, it's just one of the it's, – it's, it's about money. But you could say this – I mean, you could say this about the NCAA. You could say this about – um, college with, football, with, Division with one, college yeah. football. I mean, you can go the bowl games with yeah. the bowl games and stuff. I mean, they, they're going to expand to 12. And if those top four didn't get a buys, I mean, last year, what would Georgia have done to the 12th ranked team? I mean, it's just, there's, you know, it, I, I'm here for more games. I'm here for more, but you say that, but then we talk about basketball and, and a lot of those, sometimes those 16 seeds win. Yeah. Sometimes I would say 99% of the time, but yeah, you're right. There's a, there's that, Point one percent of the time it's that is happened, sixteen. Happened one it's time. happened one time in the history of yeah. the, the NCAA. Fifteens and the twelves are the ones that win. Yeah, yeah. the twelve. Those tw- that twelve versus five matchup is sneaky. It every is. year, I, every year I pencil in. I, I pick one. Now the other dilemma you have is let's say you incentivize teams that do schedule hard in the front end, and you're uh, Forsyth or you're a Providence Day or whoever. Well. That's a disincentive for them to to play a lower level team because then that's going to wind up hurting them on the other side. So now you've got that animal. I, I think. I mean, I, you can't argue with Coach Law's method here. You, you schedule, I don't. I don't it's, it's argue absolute, with Coach Law's on obviously, anything. Obviously, he never does. But uh, <laughs> you, you schedule the toughest it opponents is, that will agree, right? Yeah. The toughest opponents that will agree to play you. You do that. Get your team ready for playoffs. Whatever the RPI is, shakes out. However that works out, it is what it is. We're going to battle this team week. Whatever this team is this week, we're going to battle and we're going to win. I mean, that's what Coach Laws has done. And I would say that Coach Laws, if we asked him now, he would still say those first four games that he would still say that he would thought that he could win those games. I mean, he was not going into those games thinking that they were going to go 2-2, 0-4. 
he was, I mean, he was scheduling those games, which is kind of like any of any good coach would think that their team, their team has a chance. And Coach Law is kind of the godfather of that. Let's play the first four heavy uh, in Western North Carolina. I know we didn't see a lot of that before. You could just kind of played your local teams, and uh, you could saw Court Radford doing that this year. Irwin stepping out of the state to play a tough game. I mean, there's some teams that, you know, have kind of took his Brevard lead. Brevard played Knoxville Catholic. Yeah, and they played Pisgah, which is up for them. Up for them. So, I mean, you're seeing a lot of more teams do it that feel like they need to be ready for that playoff run. Right. So, anyway, so let's talk about the playoffs, guys. You ready? Yes. Yes. We're going to go by, um, by classification here. So, we're going to start with private. Uh, Asheville School in the Division Two private has a bye this week. So the win. They will get the win this week. No game for them. I pick Asheville School to cover. The missiles. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so that'll be the only one Carson gets right this week. <laughs> in, di- in Division Two, the bigger private but schools. As soon as we start talking about this, he picks up his phone so he can compare what Todd said. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is not true. It's landed. So, <laughs> so uh, they love y'all name dropping. By the way, I'm glad they, they do. Glad they do. In the in the, the bigger division in private school, we have number five Charlotte Country Day coming up to play Christ School. Charlotte Country Day four and five overall. Christ School three and six. Christ School's giving up fourteen and a half points here. Uh, a few stats for you guys before we pick. Uh, Charlotte Country Day is led by Khalil Wright, uh, quarterback. He throws for he's thrown for one hundred forty one yards a game. He has 11 TDs, six interceptions on the year. He also rushes for 70 yards a game and has 13 TDs, so he's accounted for 24 TDs this year. Hensley Hopkins, a running back, runs for 71 a game. He has two TDs on the year. They're led on defense by Jack Pylon. That's a great name for a defensive guy, Lewis. Indeed. Yeah, very good name. Pylon. What a football name. Pylon. His parents must love the game. So Jack Pylon, he, he he averages five tackles a game. They were third in the Big South Conference behind Providence Day and Charlotte Christian. Um, of course, Christ School led by Caden Brown, the running back. He averages 102 yards a game. He has six TDs on the year. Uh, Mason Holsclaw, the quarterback, throws for 135. He has 10 TDs and 12 interceptions on the year. Cooper Perone and Caden Jones average seven tackles a game. They were second in the Western Football Conference behind Rabin Gap. Um, in the last five games, both of these teams are three and two. They have three common opponents. Uh, the most recent one, Metro Atlanta, that Christ School beat last week. Charlotte Country Day beat them on 10 20, 16 to 13. So, based on all the knowledge I just shared with you, Pat, who's going to win this game? Well, I think Christ School's on a roll. I like what they've been doing lately, and I think that playing brutal teams on the front end is going to pay off for them as well. I think they not only win, they cover. Lewis? I'm also going to pick Christ School to cover and win. And my, my pick is solely based on what Carson said earlier. You can't, be, you can't pick against Christ. No. No. <laughs> okay. When you have God on your side, um, anything's possible. And I'm going to go with Christ School, but for that reason that Lewis mentioned, but also because – I really think that they're hitting their, they hit their strides these last couple of weeks as a team. I think they've gotten, um, you know, we had mentioned the beginning of their schedule was just so um, was so difficult. It was like if you know if you don't have the horses for it, do you just get so down that you can't compete um, do, do, even in the winnable games? Do you think any other team that played those first four games would be anything other than zero and four around here? No, no. I mean, right? No. I mean, those teams. I mean, I mean it, was, it was a gauntlet. 
Yeah, it was just an absolute gauntlet. I mean, those. I mean, even yeah, it's those teams that Pat mentioned. I mean, they were playing Alabama and Michigan and stuff at the start of the season. Um, even that team from Georgia. I mean, there's there's players that are going to be playing on these humongous Saturday primetime games. And we're not um, talking one or two. They have like ten or twelve. Yeah, ten or twelve. I know Providence Day's worst player that was committed um, was a, was committed to NC State. I know that. I think like seven or eight AC schools, ACC schools wanted them. I mean, that makes that makes sense. Their worst players going to NC State. Oh, <laughs> so, come on now. They just beat Clemson though. <laughs> they did just beat Clemson. Um, but anyways, I've got Christ School covering. I got Christ School winning um, for all those reasons. I, I think that their momentum. Um, I think their momentum is going to be too much for them. I can tell you that um, really starting to see the influences of Coach Shoup. Some of you guys are probably familiar with him from Reynolds. He also coached for the Bears and overseas. He's done a lot of things. But he's come in the last, I want to say, two weeks. This will be his third week. It worked with the quarterback. Uh, we were in some empty sets and did some things we don't normally do. So it, it's good to see Coach Shoup over there, and I think he's going to be a good influence on that team. Are you going to put the curse on him right here, Mike? I'm going to – I'm not putting the curse on them. I am picking Christ School to win and cover. I think that, I think they cover here. So um, – Very ne- big matchup next that you're about to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so next up, we're going to move <laughs> into 4A. And number 25, Reagan, who's 4-6, and six, is going to travel up to Arden to take on TC. There'll be two playoff games in Arden on uh, Friday night. They're going to travel up to Arden to take on TC, who's 8-2. and two. Guys, no spread on this one. It's a pick em. Reagan, three and two in their last five. Uh, they're from the Central Piedmont 4A. These guys score 30 points a game and give up 33. Uh, they're led by their quarterback, Smith, who uh, averages 166 yards a game in the air, 14 TDs on the year, and five interceptions. Running back, uh, Moore, 130 yards a game on the ground with 10 TDs on the year. Led on defense by Leo, I'll be honest with him, I'm mess his name up. He averages 10 tackles a game. TC, of course, everybody knows TC, 4-1 and one in their last five, only loss coming to Champ Reynolds. Den Whittle averages 100 yards a game on the ground and has 13 TDs. Jeter, 78 yards a game, 78 yards a game on the ground. Deshaun Terry, 71 yards a game, and they have 19 touchdowns between them. They're led by Conan, Cohen Bohannon, who averages almost 13 tackles a game. They have no common opponents, but... Reagan beat West Forsyth 35-26, and East Forsyth beat them 29-21. East Forsyth also beat Reynolds by six, so a very similar score there. This could be a really tough matchup for TC. Um, Carson, what are you thinking here? So I think the Robertson, um, and this is pure speculation, I think that Robertson, when this matchup came out, I don't think that they loved it. Um East Forsyth, you mentioned 29-21. East Forsyth's got one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Very, very good football team. Um, They've played Grimsley, who is now the number one ranked team in the state of North Carolina. Um, So they've played arguably the best teams that are out there. Um, They beat West Forsyth. They put uh, 35 points up on them. I think Reagan, with their competition and their strength of schedule, this is a perfect example that we talked about with the strength of schedule and whatnot. Um, and obviously, the Simmons report reflects that with a, with a pick on. But I've got Reagan coming here, um, coming to Robertson, coming up the mountain. Um, I think that they're going to get ahead. If they if Robertson gets behind at any point, I just am not confident they can play from behind. Um, so that that's my biggest reserve with Robertson. 
um, if they get if they get out in the lead and whatnot. But I'm going to go with Reagan here winning outright. And uh, one stat he makes, he alluded to Reagan with the strength of schedule on the year two. They played the second toughest schedule, so the top two uh, strength of schedule teams will both be in Arden this week. Pat, who you got? So I think that uh, TC is going to get the win here, and here's why. They're coming up the mountain to TC. I Correct. think that certainly plays in uh, Robertson's favor for sure. Uh, I think that uh, the Robertson defense is going to be good enough to slow that offense down once or twice. And then to your point, Carson, you're right about Robertson maybe having trouble coming from behind. But I think if they get out seven, 14 points, it's a ground and pound because that triple option. Yeah, I, I agree. They can eat some clock. Can hammer because even against Reynolds, they were getting eight yards a clip all the way. And then they just, one thing would get in the way. If they've got that ironed out, that is a hard offense to stop. So I think that, you know, obviously TC getting out to a seven, 10, 14 point lead, it's ground and pound from there. And it's, it's going to be a TC win. So, in my opinion, this game could go either way. Obviously, it's a pick 'em. Yeah, it's like you. So if if Reagan comes out and scores early, we've we've said it. Robertson they don't have a come from behind offense. The other problem I think with Robertson in this game is they have got a lot of guys playing both ways. Jeters, Deshaun Terrace, they're playing both ways. Uh, this is a bigger four A team out of Reagan. Of course, TC one of the smallest four A teams. Um, I think Reagan wears TC out in this game. Ooh. TC not able to um, get ahead. They, they, they're not good at playing from behind. And I also think Reagan comes up the mountain and gets this win. I think Reagan coming up the mountain, uh, it's going to be cold Friday. Yes, it is. So I've seen that before, turn the tide. Also, Reagan, unlike some other local teams, they, they haven't played a Wataga to get them ready for TC. Right. So uh, – I think TC is going to win this hands down. I think Reagan wins it by two touchdowns. Yeah, hands say. down. Mm. So you think it'll be two touchdowns, TC? I would say maybe three. <laughs> wow. I don't know if yeah. I go that bold, but I'm with you on that. I will yeah. say TC's defense all year has been outstanding. Yeah. They have, and they there's have a reason been. this is a pick'em. This is going to be a. This is maybe this is probably the game of the week in Western North Carolina as far as close games. Right. Yes. So next up, let's stay in 4A. We'll talk about Asheville. Uh, Asheville with the 28 seed, headed up to – is it Huff? I always say this wrong. It's Huff. Huff. It's yep. headed up to play Huff. Um, Huff 9-1, 7-0 on the season. Huff's given up 44 points here. Uh, Asheville 3-2 in their last five. They finished third in the MAC. They averaged 27 points a game while giving up 26. They're led by quarterback uh, Max Lydell. He averages 150 game, 50 yards through the air a game with nine TDs and six interceptions on the year. Uh, running back Plummer averages 81 yards a game with nine touchdowns on the year. And Josh Ellis also chimes in with 67 yards a game and 10 touchdowns on the year. For Huff, they haven't lost since week one when they lost to Burns out of South Carolina, who finished 9-1. and one. They score 33 points a game, but guys, they only give up nine. They're led by their quarterback, Trey Blakeney. He throws for 110 yards a game. He has nine TDs and five interceptions on the year. Uh, running back Will Jones, 51 yards a game and two touchdowns. Jeremiah Jones, 43 yards a game and seven touchdowns. And they're led by a linebacker, Anthony Walker, who averages seven tackles a game. They have no common opponents. Guys, what are you thinking here? 
Lewis? I think Asheville's kind of disappointed us all year uh, versus what we predicted preseason. I, I don't. I think Huff's going to have too much for him. I think Huff is going to win and cover. Pat, I would agree that uh, Huff is going to win this game, but I do think the Asheville Cougars will have some athleticism and not allow that spread to unfold. So I'm going to take uh, Asheville in the points there. Carson, um, I, I think it's your boys. That's it your is boy. my boys. I mean, let's go. You know, Huff. Some of the teams that they've beat, just to name drop them, they beat Myers Park, um, outstanding team. Um, they beat Dutch Fork. Uh, powerhouse out of South Carolina, yeah. um, Chambers. We all know cham- We all know what type of team. Cham- That's Pat's favorite team. <laughs> we all know what type of team team Chambers is. West Charlotte, um, Mallard Creek. The list goes on. Um, I think Asheville is going to have a um, going to have their hands full with them on Friday night. But I've got faith in my boys, and I picked against them once, uh, and I will not do it again. I got my my boys will cover for us. <laughs> <laughs> and ben, Pat and I will be holding up the W Friday night about, right about 10 o'clock. Together, okay. W. So I got Asheville on the points. In my opinion, based on what Huff has and what they played, they're going to win this game. They're going to run and clock it, and they're going to cover. I think Huff wins. So uh, next up, hey, let's move to um, 3A. The lower division. We... <laughs> We're going to start with 24 Tuscala, who finished the year 5-5, five and five, taking on number 9 High Brighton, also 5-5. Five and five. High Brighton, a conference champion in the Northwestern 3A-4A, so it's a split conference. Uh, they're out of Lenore. They're 3-2 and two in their last five games. As conference champion, they only score 24 a game but give up 31. Uh, they're led by um, – they haven't actually put up any stats since week two, so I'm not sure exactly who they're led by. At that point, their quarterback and running back were sophomores. For Tuscola, Jed West, of course, leads the way for these guys. He throws the ball for 180 yards a game while rushing for 82 yards a game. He scored 23 touchdowns on the year. Uh, Gavin Langley, a big part of that offense, 50 yards a game and five TDs. And Walker Bolden, eight tackles a game at linebacker. Uh, this is a pick em, guys. And I'm going to start here. Um, traveling to, to Lenore is not that far. Tuscola, if they can get Jed West going early... I wish they'd have looked better last week against West. I'd feel a lot better about this pick. But West is a good team. I think Tuscola goes down the mountain. This goes against uh, Chris's logic. But I think Tuscola goes down the mountain and picks up the win. I agree with you. Jed West, he's on a streak right now. Uh, It seems like he came back from that injury a little sluggish. Took him a couple games to get going. Tuscola all the way. Pat? So, yeah, I know nothing about High Brighton or however you say that because, um, you know, I've not seen them play and there's no stats to look at. But I did get to see uh, with you gentlemen the Pisgah-Tuscola game. And uh, I think that if Jed West is able to uh, do even you know half of what he was able to do in that game, uh, I, I don't see how Tuscola doesn't at least come away with a win here. I, I will say there was one Instagram video that's been floating around from that Tuscola-Pisgah game. It, and it was a lineman. He said, everyone's been asking me, what's it like to lose to Pisgah? And he said, I wouldn't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> At one point, these That's guys, awesome. Tuscola was, uh, according to the previews, was going to be playing Pisgah again, which I know that that community would have loved that. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Carson, what you got? I'm going to save the graphic here 
and I'm going to go with High Brighton because I would like to pick up a game on you guys. Oh, that ain't going to happen. No. So it's a pick I'm not super confident. I don't know. I, know. I, I mean, I, I really don't know much about High Brighton, but this is just purely um, I'm trying to figure out a way where I've got to pick up a game um, to separate Pat and I. I'm, I'm not a professional speaker, but I am a football guru now. <laughs> <laughs> football guru Carson this, with High Brighton. This is a tough one to pick. I mean, that's why it's a pick 'em, right? I mean, these are two teams that are pretty even, and uh, the difference may be that it's at High Brighton. I don't know. We'll see, Carson. I, we'll see. I don't. I don't feel super confident with it. But so next up, we have a repeat game. Irwin got the thirty seed out of the MAC, taking on West Henderson, who got the three seed out of the Mountain Seven. Of course, West Henderson first in the Mountain Seven. They're five and zero in their last five games. Uh, they're led by Cam Dimsdale, who has 173 yards a game and 25 touchdowns on the year. That's 25. pretty good. That's pretty good. That's good. Two and a I'm half sorry. a game. Carson Dimsdale. I mess that up every time. Thank you, Carson, for correcting me. You're welcome. I got to give some love to some Carsons out there. I don't know many of them. Yeah. Of course, uh, athlete Truett Manuel, he has 93 yards a game and has scored 11 touchdowns on the year. And they're led on defense by their linebacker, Eben Mann, seven tackles a game. For Irwin, they finished fourth in the MAC, guys. They score 25 and give up 28. They're led by freshman quarterback Caden Engel, who averages 138 yards a game. He has nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions on the year. Running back Michael Petty rushes for 61 yards a game and two touchdowns on the year. And Pat's favorite Irwin player, Reynolds, has 48 yards a game and three touchdowns through the air as a receiver. Like I said, on 9-8, West Henderson beat Irwin 40-10. to That's by 30 points. This week... The spread, 35. Carson? You know, I'm going to go – I think Irwin does – I think Irwin covers again. I, Wes Henderson, Sim, Simmons has got them with a lot of points, covering a lot of points. And if you look back their last few weeks, they've not they've not covered those points. And that doesn't take anything away from Wes Henderson. But I just think 35 is going to be a lie. If they get up by 28 or so, um, I see Irwin having – having a few touchdowns in this game. I think they have more than 10. Um, so I think if Irwin gets two touchdowns, I just don't know if uh, if Wes Henderson is going to get to that 50 spot where, you know, if they, get, if they get up by 28 or 30 points, I mean, do they do they rest the guys for the second round? I just don't see them putting the throttle down. I got Irwin covering here. Um, and that I would like to be very clear. Um, hopefully we got new listeners that will listen to this that I think Wes Henderson wins the game. As a coach, do you think they're sitting the starters a little earlier in these playoff games? You know, right now they're probably playing three quarters, uh, and then they're bringing in those second guys. Do you think they're a little more careful with their stars or no? I think when you're in playoffs, it's hammer down. I think you score everything you can. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to pick Wes Henderson to cover here. Pat? No, no I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I, I do. I I'm going to say this too. Like West Henderson, he best, West, best team in the West. He, he no. doesn't want me to pick up another game on him. West Henderson wins this game, but they will not cover. I think Irwin's going to be able to to hold them down a little bit. And I think to Mike's point right there, I think if you're a West Henderson and you've got the game under control, do you get some experience for your next round and you? spare you know potential uh damage to your 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 horses i I'd, I'd say yes i don't know what's in it for you otherwise in that in that respect but that's just pat pole speaking i don't question what the coach's decisions are because they know more about football than I. just a hack in college please. right that's me <laughs> college ball and enjoyed myself right he hack. did enjoy himself so west henderson only given up nine a game 
I think their defense holds them, and I think they cover. I think Wes Henderson destroys Irwin and moves on to the next round. Destroys. I think they destroy him. <laughs> so next up, we have uh, number 22, North Henderson. Just think if North Henderson wins this game, where they might be. They finish 7-3. and three. Guess what? They're at Pisgah this week. Pisgah got the 11 seed. They finished 8-2. and two. Uh, Pisgah second in the Mountain 7, while North Henderson dropped a fifth with that loss. Pisgah three and two in their last five, guys. They're scoring 32 a game and giving up 15. They do not put stats on max preps. Uh, North Henderson, they finished fifth. Like I said, they're four and one in their last five games. Only loss was to North Henderson. Um, The spread here, Pisgah giving up 12. Of course, they played last week. Pisgah won 55-41. Pat, what do you got? I think it's going to be a slightly different ball game this time. I don't think it's going to be quite the high-scoring game that the last shootout was. But I do think Pisgah's going to win this game. And I think that Pisgah's going to cover. The, the last week was at North, this week at Pisgah. Lewis? I, I think Pisgah has some highly qualified and educated coaches. I think those guys are going to learn from their mistakes last week. And, and I mean, Pisgah's going to cover this no problem. Carson? I I was all day I was picking Pisgah until I heard Lewis um right there. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with North Henderson with the points. Mm. Good for you to lose that pick. So I rode with North Henderson last week and uh took the loss. But you know what? I'm giving North Henderson a second game second chance here. I think Pisgah wins this game, but I think North Henderson covers. Let's go. Um so I'm going North Henderson. Do you think it'll be another high-scoring affair if you guys – I mean, There's no way. I'm thinking 10-7. No, I'm not thinking 10-7. I I agree with you. So you're saying if it's not going to be a a high-scoring affair, doesn't that more – I think – Lean more that the team with laying – the team gets the points? I think Pisgah is going to learn from their mistakes last week. They're going to hold North The only thing we've talked about playing at Pisgah is different. That's the only thing – It's a different environment. That's the only thing that I'm like – I. Don't feel Did you, super you know confident. they're going to blow the whistle? They're gonna, I mean, everything's going to happen. They're going to be fine. pumped up. But how many seniors does North have, Pat? 712. 712. And I think those seniors <laughs> don't want this to, to be their last game. Um, I'm not going to do this, but Todd, you guys give me a hard time. Todd said he would sprinkle money line on North Henderson. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take the 12 and a half points. I mean, playing at Pisgah's tough, man. There's no doubt about no, it. No, it is. First playoff game <laughs> there. Definitely. Uh, How many playoff years. games has those North kids been in? Uh, uh, this is this their, first, be their first one. First one, seriously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i going against Lewis here. W. Carson. <laughs> like I said, so also taking North. Next up, Pat, uh, we have number 26, North Gaston, traveling up to Fairview to take on – I'm sorry, it's not Fairview. Traveling up to Reynolds to take on Reynolds. It is in Fairview. Fairview's a little further. It's at the top of the mountain. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's People say Fairview. That's not right. So, anyway, North Gaston heading up here to play Reynolds. Uh, the spread on this one, 35. Reynolds is giving up 35 to North Gaston. The first thing I have to ask, is all the construction done around there? I mean, is North Gaston going to be able to make this game? <laughs> I feel confident they'll be Have there. you sat in that traffic at all the past month? No. Oh, it's, 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 been, it's been horrendous. Yeah, horrendous. Been on 74? Yes. Yeah. Wow, I figured Carson would be talking about it. Traffic is always an issue on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit on North Gaston, guys. They're 5-5. Five and five. They finished fifth in the Big South. 
They're two and three in their last five. Uh, like we mentioned before, they're in the same conference as Crest and Kings Mountain. Um, they score 20 a game while giving up 22. They're led by their quarterback, Erwin. He throws for 68 yards a game. He's thrown for four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Their running back, uh, Knox, has nine, rushes for 98 yards a game and has nine touchdowns. Um, he, Knox also leads the way on defense with 8.2 tackles a game. Of course, Reynolds led by some familiar names to the show. Hayden Craig throws for 153 yards a game. He has 19 touchdowns. Guys, he's only thrown three interceptions all year. Yes, he's amazing. Running back Ty Patterson <laughs> rushes for 70 yards a game and has 12 touchdowns. Ty Johnson catches about 65 yards a game and has nine touchdowns on the year. Aiden Hines averages 7.4 yard, 7.4 tackles a game, while Brandon Guest averages 6.4 tackles a game. Zion Akeem leads the way with five interceptions on the year and has averages four tackles a game. They have no common opponents. Um, Pat, I'm assuming you're going to pick North Gaston getting the 35 here. Uh, and, and that would be negative. No, that's that's not happening. Asheville, I, I'm, I'm saying Reynolds is going to get the... Asheville's going to beat Reynolds? What were you no, saying, Pat? I was Pat? not saying that, and you all know that I wasn't saying that. <laughs> ACR is going to win this game, and they're going to cover. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting game. One thing I can say is you to what we were talking about earlier, you cannot overlook this team by any means because... They play in the same conference as, as Crest and Kings Mountain. And, um, you know, that's a tough road to haul. And uh, they're going to bring some talent up the mountain for, for sure. And, you know, Reynolds is battered and uh, still coming back from injuries. I have no idea if Brendan's going to be in on the line. I have no idea if Max is going to be playing at all. Of course, that was our next question. And I have no idea if I, Christian I Lewis will be in off, off the high ankle sprain. They could all be in. They could all not be in. There could be a spattering of some. I have no clue. Pat would pick their JV to cover the spread. <laughs> I would. Here, so I'm gonna. I'll. I'll absolutely agree with you, Pat. Reynolds runs away with this one. They got a fantastic first round matchup for them. I think North Gaston not very good. Yes, they play in a tough conference, but beyond it's it's a lot like some other conferences. Beyond Crest and Kings Mountain, there's not a lot there. And uh, for them to finish, you know, that far down, fifth in the Big South. Reynolds running clocks this one almost in the first half. Carson, wow, um, that I thought it was I. I thought teams coming up the mountain. I thought North Gaston with their competition, but Mike's just made me think that he's got running clock in the first half. Oh, I said almost, almost. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna ride with my boys here. I'm gonna go with the Rockets. Um, I'm not. I don't know if it'll be the first half, but I think in the third quarter. Um, they break it off, and I think that um, Reynolds Reynolds pulls back in the fourth, gets some guys, gets some guys out of there. Um, but I, I think Reynolds is going to be too much for them. They're going to be too much, and I got Reynolds covering here. Lewis, I'm assuming you're taking Reynolds as well. Indeed, I am. I will be picking Reynolds. Wow! wow. Yes, yes, to Holy win cow. and to cover. Let's oh my go. gosh. Wow. Let's break out the trumpets. I would hate for the curse to happen right now. (laughs) I would absolutely. Now he sees where I'm going. No. Let's hope it doesn't happen on any of the green teams this week. No cursing. No cursing. So there's that one. Uh, Lastly, we have a 2A team. I'm sorry, that's not correct. We have another 3A game. 23 Smoky Mountain got the unfortunate uh, uh, draw to travel down to Cleveland County to take on number 10, Kings Mountain. Kings Mountain, number two in RPI behind Crest. They lost to Crest last week 
Um, that's their only loss on the year. They finished second in the Big South. They scored 34 points a game while giving up 11. Um, they lost 39-14, like I said to Chris last week. They're led by Zolo, who throws for 106 yards a game. He has five touchdowns and six interceptions. They have two running backs that average over 75 yards a game and have scored 24 touchdowns. And they're led by their linebacker, who averages 12 tackles a game, a sack, and two interceptions on the year. Uh, for Smoky Mountain, four and six, they finished third in the Mountain Seven. They finished third in the Mountain Seven. I, I, okay, they score twenty-two while giving up twenty-five. They're three and two in their last five. Uh, they're led by their quarterback Jarek Jones. He throws for sixty-one and rushes for fifty. Has ten touchdowns on the year. And running back Isaiah McNeely, who rushes for seventy-six yards a game and has nine touchdowns. They have no defensive stats, and they also have no common opponents. Kings Mountain giving up 39 here. Lewis, what do you got? I think Kings Mountain's going to win. Uh, it's going to be tough to cover, though. So you're taking Smoky Mountain? Are you Mountain? taking Smoky to cover? I you, think it's tough to cover I, here, too. I, I mean, we, we've talked about Smoky Mountain all year as that sticky team. So I'm going to pick Smoky Mountain to cover, but not win. Okay. Yeah, I got Kings Mountain big here. They're covering. Oh. I got to see both these teams. Uh, Reynolds took on Kings Mountain in the scrimmage at the beginning of the year. And then I saw Smoky Mountain at the Jamboree. And uh, Kings Mountain wins this one. Covers, no problem. I'm, I'm on the fence. Smoky Mountain has that slow style offense. Kings Mountain's offense is very pedestrian, while their defense is one of the top defenses in the state. Um, Kings Mountain. Kings Mountain covers. It's going to be close. I'm not sure Smoky Mountain doesn't cover. Kings Mountain definitely wins. I'm also going to take Kings Mountain. Okay. So like I said, now we're going to jump into 2A real quick. We haven't talked a lot about Brevard this year, but I threw them in there. Number 25, Trinity, coming up to play number 8, Brevard. Brevard, of course, won the Mountain Foothills. They're 8-2 and two and 6-0 and oh in the conference. They've won their last eight straight guys after losing their first two. They're led by their sophomore quarterback, Kessinger, who throws for 118 yards a game. He has 21 touchdowns on the year with only four picks. Their running back, Matthews, averages 66 yards a game and has three touchdowns. And their running back, Thompson, has 59 yards a game while scoring eight touchdowns. They're led by Coleman Smith on defense, who averages 11 tackles a game. Trinity comes up the mountain. They finish fifth in the 1A-2A split Piedmont Conference. They were 5-5, five and five, like I said. They're 2-3 and three in their last five. Uh, their quarterback, averages Bradley, averages 112 yards a game. He has 10 touchdowns and nine interceptions on the year. He only completes 39% of his passes, Pat. Running back Payne averages 102 yards a game and has eight touchdowns. And they're led on defense by the linebacker Holmes, who averages eight tackles a game and has a sack and an interception on a year. They have no common opponents. And I don't know if I mentioned Brevard giving up 41 here. 41. Carson? Uh, Brevard is... Brevard, because they're so far away, um, doesn't get the proper um, coverage, I think. But I think Brevard's a very, very good team, and I think that they're primed to make a run until they until they, until they they face – what are the powerhouse two A's right off the um, – Shelby. Shelby, yeah. Until they face Shelby, um, I've got Brevard making a run. Um, I've got them covering. I think Brevard's a fantastic football team. Pat? I could not agree more with Carson there. I think Brevard – uh, certainly is a, a, an excellent football team from every, everything I saw and heard about this year from them. Um, 
and they I think they cover here. I don't know much about this other team that they're playing, um, but but from what I've seen from Brevard, I think they're going to be able to to uh, make a statement, and they're hosting at home. So, Car, uh, Lewis, whatever your name is, I think Brevard does win, but they will not cover this. Of course, I'm on the fence on this one. I don't think they cover either. Uh, they do not have a high powered offense, right? So I think they don't cover. I definitely think Bavard wins this game, hundred percent, guys. Bavard yeah. wins this game, but I think Trinity uh, Trinity covers. So that's the playoff picture, guys. Uh, what do you guys think about this? this some some interesting games and some what could be blowouts. Uh, what are your thoughts, Pat? I'm excited. I'm eager to see it all unfold, and and I'd like to um, really get started with a march to the state championship for AC Reynolds High School. I can't wait for that. Uh, that would play out. Yeah. Yeah, I think someone will be getting a tattoo when that happens. I, I will say that. <laughs> That's. I will say I fantastic. will still follow through with that. I know. I know what I said. I'm a man of my word. I will follow through with. What that. would you get? Would you get a rocket? No, I have to get an L. Lewis. L. Lewis. Okay. That'd be fantastic. It's not going to happen, but yeah, yeah. I, I will still follow. No, through. It, it, it is absolutely not going to happen. But that would be incredible if it. I did. do there's, believe Reynolds makes the deepest run out of Western North Carolina, as they usually do. It is going to be. Uh, it is quite the chatter at the school, from what I've heard. That oh, the tattoo. Yeah, the tattoo. No, Joey. Oh, oh my goodness. We have to hear from viewers. If this happens, do you really want to see picture evidence? Of this? No, I don't. Absolutely. I'm take your word Absolutely. For it. Pat's background on his phone, his personal and his work phone, would be that. It would not. Yeah, it yes. would I for sure. No desire to put Lewis's backside on my phone. It's not like you haven't seen it before. <laughs> I have not, nor do I care to. So that's that's for the games, Pat. You got a what was what's the question? The fun question of the week. Well, tomorrow's Halloween, guys, and I'm already in my costume. I dressed up as a drug rep today, so <laughs> Pat's um, a drug dealer. <laughs> nice, thanks. I figured to be curious to learn a what was the favorite costume or best costume that you have ever worn for Halloween, and I guess or and or secondarily B would be or your child if you don't have one yourself. And we'll start with Carson. Uh, I'll go with uh, Paxton was a football last year, which this was before this podcast was just a twinkle in our eyes. Um, but I was a referee and Paxton was a football. Did so, you ever punt him? Um, I did not. I did not punt him. He was very, he that, was not that, as mobile as he is now. That'll come one day. Don't worry. So yeah, yeah, I believe me. Um, but no, I, Paxton was a football, um, was the cutest football in Weaverville. I will, I will add. So that's going to be my highlight. Did he back up traffic? He, he caught a lot of eyes. Caught a lot of eyes. So, yeah. Lewis? I would say my favorite one was, uh, we. well, me, you, and Pat were there for wrestling practice, and I dressed as uh, Captain Spaulding from House of a Thousand Corpses, and I had my face paint on and everything, picking up the boys from wrestling practice, and everyone looked at me crazy walking in there. That, that silver fantastic. head was amazing. Yeah, I it was. was. Like, wow. It was awesome. I think for me, growing up, we did a lot of make it, make it, at your home kind of costumes. I was a wild man more than once with like ripped up shirt and that sort of stuff. But I think my favorite Luke was a scarecrow one year and, uh, it was a last minute. We, I had bought him one costume and it was a duck. And I was like, I don't like this. I just didn't feel good about it. So I went last minute. They had this cutest scarecrow costume. I got him that he was a scarecrow and it, it was definitely my favorite, uh, costume of any of the boys or mine. Well, I have to talk about Brendan is amazing at this. So those of you that have never met or seen my son, he's six foot four 
and he's very broad shouldered. Um, and he plays an incredible Michael Myers. He has the whole outfit and the mask. And for the past several years, it, it's been hilarious to watch from the window, but we play uh, the Halloween music in the background in the garage and he sits out there with a candy and a pumpkin and that's it. Just a lit pumpkin and the candy bowl. And he's absolutely perfectly still. And if the teenagers come up and want to try and get a piece out, he scares the evil loving, you know, whatever out of them. He's very nice to the little kids. He doesn't do the big, you know, quick move or quick scare, but it has been hilarious to watch. Even the adults, they won't go. Some of them wouldn't even come up to them. They just didn't know what to make of it. So. I mean, but it is Inca teenagers, so they're probably scared easy. Well, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> and then mine, uh, many years ago, Mary decided it would be good to have role reversal, and we dressed me up as a woman, which was, That's not gosh. A, doesn't Pat do that on a regular basis? Does she have a picture of that? Role she play. might, but it was. I mean, you want to talk about an ugly Ugly woman. I mean, that sounds like a regular Friday night at the Paul House. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what pantyhose, how hard those are to put on? <laughs> I do not. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I don't. You don't want to know. Role play at the Paul House Golly, on Friday nights. <laughs> and I wow. was unbelievably ugly. All right, that's it, I think, for this week. Right, gentlemen? We're all good? Indeed. Okay, so next week we'll be tuning it up for week two of the playoffs, but we may have another episode in between there as we continue the basketball sagas. We'll look forward to that. So thanks for tuning in this week. We have to thank the Bandettes, Carolina Sports Studios, and I think that's it, right? Thanks for joining us. Love you.